I listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. The last straw came a few months before our wedding. I returned home from East Liberty Cuts with a line that looked like two separate people's haircuts fused into one. Or perhaps two separate barbers cutting the same head. I'm leaning toward the latter as Dre cut the rice out of my head. Then he left the shop for 20 minutes to pay his electric bill and then returned in a much less anxious mood to cut the left side. During these breaks, I play on my phone and watch TV. I get annoyed, sure, but I figured it was a surcharge for the privileges Dre provided me. Unlike most patrons, I never had to set up appointments. If I walked in the shop, I was the next in his chair. Also, while the rates of haircuts had slowly risen, my cuts with Dre stayed a flat $10. This plus our relationship allowed me to look the other way when he was clearly looking the other way when cutting my hair. <laughs> but this time it was so bad that even I noticed it. When I got home I lo- and looked in the mir- bedroom mirror, for the rest of that night I sat in a- at awkward angles and in the dimly lit corners of the room we-, we were in so Alicia wouldn't notice my hair. This was enough for me to finally decide to see other people. While standing in line at Panera two weeks earlier, I'd receive a business card from a nigga who said he worked at a new barbershop that had opened on Bond Boulevard five weeks five blocks away from Dre's shop. He looked at my beard and said, we could do some work with that. And I'm still not quite sure whether that was a compliment or, <laughs> or him sensing I was a nigga in need. After a day of hiding my Jekyll and Hyde hairdo from Alicia, I decided that it was time for my weekly shape up. I'd wrap this when it was time for my weekly shape up. I tried this new shop, which would be the first time as an adult that I sat in any Pittsburgh barbershop other than East Liberty Cuts. Hey, welcome to the Blackout Tips podcast. Your host Rod and Karen, and we're live on a Monday. Yes, sir. Ready to do some podcasting? You can find uh-huh. us on itunes stitcher podomatic search the black guy with tips leave us five star reviews the official weapon of the show is an unofficial sport bullet ball and bullet ball extreme um and you know we want to thank you guys for listening to the show you guys could be listening to anything but you guys chose to listen to us and it means a lot okay Mm -hmm. that excerpt that you heard is from uh with what doesn't kill you makes you blacker which is of course by my man damon young um and it just it just makes me think about that special relationship you have with you know the people that do your hair in the black community you know i feel like white people have so many choices they almost take it for granted yes they do you know white people are like i can go to supercuts i can go to sports cuts i can sports clips whatever you know just yeah all these different places to get their hair cut in the mall and all this stuff all that shit is the same i'm not trying to be funny it's like you're just gonna cut ends like because you have straight hair and it's one of those things where you just go just to go if that makes sense you know and i'm pretty sure some of them have a hey, this is the woman who does my hair quote unquote right but it doesn't mean the same thing as it does in the black community even when it comes to uh beauticians you get you a beautician that could do your hair right people will deal with knowing if they make an appointment it's a fucking all-day event like women will deal with oh, i know i'm gonna go in there this bitch gonna have me from eight to four but shit she the only one that can do my hair like this you know like you're literally willing to put it with some bull shit well much like church um the barbershop and the beautician are one of the few escapes from whiteness correct like it's one of the few places that white people typically don't enter and if they do enter they have to enter in like a subservient manner like they right. don't they don't get to run shit and yeah, they don't walk in there like i own this bitch 
yeah so it's one of the few places where the black voice is first and foremost and black conversations can happen that don't seem to be you know centered around like what will white people think of this and i mean for good and bad you know it's also in the barbershop is a very male-centric point of view so you know you got to deal with all that misogyny and homophobia and stuff that comes with that at times too but the just the general gist though it's a it can be a very positive experience for some people um and that relationship you develop with a barber is serious and so you know it takes a lot of times it takes a lot for somebody to quit a barber right just like it takes somebody a lot before they quit a beautician like a lot of people listening today was like particularly as you get older you have less patience and so you're like you know what it's too much competition and i'll just fucking go somewhere else but even then it takes you a while to get there a lot of times particularly if they do your hair the right way you know the way they do your spiral curl it can only it hold you a smooth week somebody else do it that shit be gone in three days like it's just certain things where you go shit she just know how to do it the quote-unquote way i like it i always get compliments when she does my hair i don't never get compliments when nobody else does my hair so and you get used to a look and people get used to you looking a certain way correct so you know it's like they can even you can even tell when someone switches a beautician mm-hmm. you know still a black person doing your hair but you can tell like oh this uh you, you got a different barber cutting your hair now you can tell and that familiarity and that like relationship it can grow stale and it, you can have stuff like a nigga going to pay his motherfucking <laughs> power bill and they come back and cut your hair but he only charges you the ten dollars that he charged you with you know a 2007 right. so it's hard to quit you know i totally get it but um yeah it really made me think about that uh relationship and you know the the the, the list that we go through and give chances to um even within the community because it wasn't his first impulse to quit he was in denial he talks about right you go through the whole emotional process yeah he talks about getting bad haircuts for a long time and then just basically telling people like nah it's all good and people being like no it's not so (laughs) like it's just funny to see to listen to that but um and then my favorite part about this chapter isn't even the the just the funny stuff about his um barber he also uses um this chapter i think it's called uh east liberty cuts he uses this chapter to talk about gentrification and he talks about how east liberty cuts was there before gentrification really kicked in and then he watched the neighborhood change around east liberty cuts and it became this thing where he felt like uh, he even describes it as visiting a friend in prison almost the way that it's like you go back to east liberty cuts and you see like they're still kind of keep staying in this time capsule and then right around them is the you know sushi taco fusion place come on um and the uh coffee shop and you know he talks about how you get used to using those amenities and how those things literally are quote unquote better they're more convenient more money has been put into those gentrified places you're you know trying new foods you're there's a free wi-fi in this place there's you know all these things that weren't in these in the old places before them but at the same time you're losing that community you're losing your space you're losing what used to mean uh your identity for that city so i just thought it was just a beautiful chapter damien young is such a gifted writer yeah and also the the thing about gentrification you lose a lot of history you lose a lot of traditions you lose a lot of things that's kind of passed down from generation to generation you literally and they disappear and they never come back and the thing about it particularly what kind of irritates me about gentrification is that um 
it's 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 a catch-22 for everybody involved a black people never get roots because they're in a place nobody wants to go they and brown people across the country then they build the place up they make community and shit like that all of a sudden the property prices and shit are low because for some reason when brown people are there building up the same shit the white people is it just quote unquote don't have the extra value so then they come in they sweeping and coming in and kicking everybody out raising the rent and shit right and then white people come in there which is cool but then it's gonna be a lot more higher a lot more expenses and all that shit and a lot of black people bounce around from neighborhood to neighborhood to neighborhood to neighborhood because it follows them and the thing is eventually what's going to end up hurting a lot of these middle to upper class white people that ain't mega mega rich they're going to fucking price themselves out of fucking everywhere because something's going to happen and you're going to be like well let me go back to where i used to go oh shit inside that too let me go back over here oh shit inside that too you're going to fucking price yourself out of your out the goddamn market try you know because you're constantly going and wanting to go to these new places where they jack everything up um i feel like there'll always be somewhere for white people to stay so i think they'll be just fine um i think it's us that i worry about Uh, yeah i worry people who live there it's the people who communities are being erased um by this monster you know this thing that's just coming in and just consuming everything it's just this unbridled capitalism of it um and um you know it's like i feel like with white flight and with white people's historical wealth they just find a fucking way to take care of each other in a way that they would never extend to us right and it's very it's very irritating and it's very frustrating and, and it's, it's disheartening and and it's one of the things that it, it just pisses you off because these neighborhoods been here 40 50 60 years and then here you come with your hippie ass coming in here with like you say all this new fan fancy shit and then you want to quote-unquote rename the goddamn neighborhood people are like the fuck is this is this new shit you name it? it ain't never been named that before but you know what before you know it that's what the map is called you know then change the street names and all that and you're like the fuck is this yeah for me i it's it's not even the individual white people mm-hmm. i don't i don't care uh, like I, I get why a white person would want to move into a nice new neighborhood everybody right. does correct but it's just that process is you know i think it's like <clears throat> how PETA attacks individual people for like you know animal rights animal rights and it's like well somebody eating a cheeseburger you might be able to change my mind i'm not gonna eat more cheeseburgers but the problem of what's happening to your cows is not based on one person eating a cheeseburger or even a million people eating a cheeseburger right like the the problem is a corporate problem the problem is big capitalist problems and yet the individual is always seen as the one to blame and so i feel like that with justification where you know i get the 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 emotion behind it but i, I never really feel like look at these white people live you know riding they fucking e-scooters or i was always like the problem is a motherfucking like this entire complex of people are not valuable land is and because land is valuable we just we move the people around for the people who can afford the land it's just fucking sad and and sucks right because the thing is that a lot of times the people that live in these neighborhoods they're either bought out or forced out and a lot of times because like say we don't have any generational wealth it's not like the people can get together and be like no we're going to buy this property and we're going to fucking stay here like like we we can't like we don't have the option to actually buy this shit and if we do it's so fucking expensive nobody can goddamn afford it yeah the thing that, that i always find interesting is like 
<clears throat> you could revitalize a neighborhood without moving the people out yes they just choose not to do that they just, you know like it's, it's just very much um one of these things and it's just as you're black and you're living through this shit and you're noticing it and you're noticing you know your old place that they used to call ghetto <clears throat> come on is now eclectic you know, yeah it's now called you know south end because it's on south boulevard it's called you know uh no dial because north davidson you know but you notice these things and you notice how everything's changing and then uh you know one day you just look up and it's like man this is like i'm angry at how everything is gone and how y'all just move back in but um <clears throat> it's just crazy to see it happen you know because for years i would hear it happen in other states and other cities right but to see it happen here has really been like eye-opening like oh this is what the problem is and i'm not and for the record i'm not saying uh because it's not really nothing you can do individually but when people are like well um you know this place is 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 this 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 ramen bowl place or whatever don't eat there because they it's like no i'm not even trying to say that it's Mm -hmm. just i don't understand why you can't get a new ramen spot without moving all the black people out you know what i mean like i don't understand the relationship between the two right why why Um, can't they stay there you know so it's just wild uh anyway um that's not where i was taking it but still that's where we went butterfly in the sky i can go twice as high take a look it's in a book a reading rainbow i can go anywhere friends to know and ways to grow a reading rainbow i can be anything take a look it's in a book a reading rainbow a reading rainbow that's right reading rainbow guys mm-hmm. all right that's what that segment was called and that's what we did okay we read the rainbow for filth <laughs> <laughs> oh man we went from haircuts to gentrification you just never know where the hell we're gonna take this show no you don't okay we can do whatever we want to whenever we want to and my mind be all over the place did you know it's only four more days until valentine's day yes sir and there's a lot of people out here they're not ready they're not ready for valentine's day okay I'm not prepared at all well you know what i like on valentine's day what's that other than sex <laughs> it's free stuff free shit and what's better than free stuff that helps you with sex valentine's day will be even better with adam and eve mm-hmm. if you go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item you can get 50% off. All you got to do is put in our code TBGWT at checkout. That's amazing by itself, but here's where they load on the free stuff. And you will be dropping loads, my friend. Yes, you will. <laughs> Not only do you get 50% off of one item with our code, you also get 10 tantalizing free items. First, for your viewing pleasure, six free movies. 
next a free mystery pack that includes an item for him a special toy for her and something we know you'll both enjoy and i say don't let your gender define you use them toys all over the place all over the place okay everyone got things to put places and places to put things you know what i'm saying yes, sir plus free shipping now that's a lot of free valentine's day stuff so head on over to adamandeve.com and be sure to use that offer code tbgwt again that's tbgwt because without it there will be no free valentine's day that's tbgwt at adamandeve.com and you know what else guys what else it's not too late to ask somebody to go out on valentine's Mm-mm. now i know everybody's thinking like oh man it's desperate it's valentine's day you see the tweets you see what people are saying on their facebook feeds everybody seems so anti-valentine's day everybody hates valentine's day oh i hate love valentine's day this stupid ass you know what that means guys it means they ain't got no plans correct everybody saying that shit ain't got no plans so i say it's time to shoot your shot okay they are only hating because they not in the game okay it's like how people that you know look out the window at everybody playing sports and all the other kids outside having fun and they what do they do they start hating on the kids i don't know about be outside in that hot sun yes they do <laughs> everybody do you want to be out there with them you want to be having fun being corny and and exchanging cars and flowers and eating nice meals and shit now's the time to ask okay like it's only gonna get more and more desperate until the 14th after the 14th it's gonna be too late but you'll never have a better chance now maybe they say no that's fine but trust me you weren't gonna have a better chance than that (laughs) like well what were your plans to do the same shit you're gonna do anyway this is peak desperation we talking about right here okay they looking at the clock because you know what they would love to be doing on february 14th which is a friday this week this year Mm -hmm. you know what they would love to be doing stunting on these hoes <laughs> they would love it they would love to be like get reason to get dressed up oh girl i couldn't even watch that last i couldn't even watch my show this week because i was yeah i was out on a day for valentine's day you know somebody asked me from work or whatever the fuck now's the time to shoot the shot it might get shot down but it's not like if you ask the 15th it'll be better you gotta ask now why you still got you got a built-in excuse you got a built-in week deadline or whatever with the 14th is hey neither here nor there if you didn't have any plans you know we could just hang out you know Uh, i know it's kind of corny but i'd like to take you off valentine's day it's much better than asking on the 15th when it's too late where were you a week ago when i could have stunned on these hoes i needed you 24 hours ago so i could have pictures on the gram and you still have plenty of time to say something now where they could like still pick out an outfit yeah yeah still still got plenty of time to get an outfit so i'm just saying guys i mean it might not be the adamandeve.com type of thing if it's a first date but i mean you never know come prepared but it's definitely always come prepared but you don't never know when you might happen upon some sex right you might happen upon some sex okay guys uh, I did have a couple of random thoughts before we can start. Okay. Okay. Um, I can't, I was watching, uh, the Super Bowl and, uh, in my Colin Kaepernick shoes. And 
i noticed that uh someone put out an article that was like colin kaepernick feeds the homeless during the super bowl and i was like oh that's cool that's good for him it was like he makes an appearance and they show pictures it was a whole lot of pictures of colin kaepernick behind the soup kitchen handing people food and i noticed a couple things one he didn't have a hairnet on so i don't know about the sanitary part of that you know two obviously you can't trick me colin kaepernick this is black capitalism just because your rich ass gives some food to the homeless don't make you any different than jay-z and beyonce or any of these other rich black capitalists out here giving giving charities a little bit of charity work for the for everybody else and we supposed to excuse your massive wealth and not cut your head off when it comes to the for the revolution i don't think so <laughs> but the third thing i thought about the immense pressure colin Kaepernick must be on at all times it must just consistently i can't even imagine living with this much pressure to always have his fro presentable at all public events the the the, the hairstylist is working hard his fro really like if he has his fro out i have never seen this man with a fucked up fro not, not i mean like he might go cornrow sometimes but when the fro is out it's immaculate it's honestly it's a credit to him it's a credit to his barbers his stylist yeah it's a credit to everybody around that man to keep that motherfucking fro so amazing and even during like football games and shit you would think like oh man he gonna get fucked up you know it's fro something gonna happen he played a sport where you can grab people hair and he still has an immaculate fro I, i honestly that's more impressive than anything else um i was looking through my facebook memories mm-hmm. and i just want you guys to know uh today is a day that i really had to celebrate because i didn't know if i would be here today five years ago i was in the throes of a very serious trivia crack addiction okay i was addicted to trivia crack <laughs> it was all up and down my facebook page just <laughs> trivia crack all day you know just if i could play out like i got these two cheeseburgers i suck your dick for trivia crack like thank jesus i'm clean now okay i'm glad you clean too i've been clean for years and if i can do it if you still struggling through the throes of a trivia crack addiction go ahead and put down the trivia crack and don't look back trivia crack is whack okay (laughs) trivia crack is for poor people okay so you have to let that trivia crack go if they can work if the lord can work through me the lord can work through you come on won't he do it he will do it okay the things i did for trivia crack i'm not proud of them okay the bills i missed (laughs) you know the people i was supposed to be there for and i couldn't quite be there because i can never put my phone down and stop answering these random questions trying to beat all my friends in the scores trivia crack was it had me bad y'all it had its hooks in me but i was able to persevere and overcome through the love of all the people around me and my unshakable faith that's how i got off that trivia crack okay so if you if you struggling with trivia crack in 2020 you've been on it that long it's hope for you okay because i was a big fiend all right i wasn't always put together the way you see me right now okay in those times it was it was rough okay i didn't think my marriage would last through trivia crack <laughs> it was almost bad as farmville oh farmville was fucking horrific but we made it 
we did now i was crashing all the goddamn computers i'm a little surprised by the lack of self-destruct buttons on technology in 2020 <laughs> like expect the gadget i just feel like movies lied to us i feel like the whole 80s and 90s was full of me watching people just be like don't worry we can make the car self-destruct and then we'll be able to and it's just like n- that never happened no because people are dumb and they would they would push it just for the, even if they didn't need it you know what happened to self-destruct technology i thought we'd have spaceships self-destruct and cars can self-destruct shoes can self-destruct i, I just feel like the self-destruct wave was big in the movies and it just never never quite made it to real life i'm glad because i don't want people self-destructing around me and the last thing i is, mean they do they just now they just don't blow up they just go online yeah now if you want to self-destruct you just go on twitter and say a very unpopular opinion right i don't have to worry about you uh uh busting out in flames just go on twitter and be like team bloomberg and then that that's the self-destruct now you know Go on Twitter and try to have new nuance. There, there you go. Self-destruct. Self-destruct. All right. Go on your Facebook page and be like, well, you know what? Actually, guys, I can kind of understand where Snoop Dogg's mm-hmm. coming from. Self-destruct. self-destruct. Yep, you hit the button. You yeah. Hit, you hit it. Sometimes you don't even know you hit it. Go on there and be like, I stand with Gail King. Self-destruct. No. Um, I did watch a documentary series on Netflix called The Pharmacist. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was really good. It was about the opioid addiction crisis. And it basically went from the bottom down, like, a white man's son was killed buying drugs in uh the new orleans like one of the um the lower wards Mm -hmm. and it was there were so many murders in there and stuff police just didn't give a fuck Mm. like they just didn't investigate shit white kid whatever and so they basically told the father like "Mm -hmm, yeah he on your son was probably just buying crack drug deal going wrong and this father just happened to be i I hate to sound dismissive i don't mean mean but and and, i mean grief does things to people but he was just like crazy like he was like i'm i don't give a fuck i'm gonna find out who killed my boy and he was white and was going into these dangerous neighborhoods no weapons trying to get people to snitch interviewing witnesses and shit wow no knowing nothing about the black community no one on the ground why what police, police was telling him to stay his ass from out of Correct, there because you'll be dead too right and so they go through that and they kind of <laughs> go into like they find the pre finds the person that killed his son and everything um and that's like part one and two and you would think okay it's over but it's like four parts or is it three or four parts and so then after that he starts looking into like wait a minute but why was my son even addicted to like these drugs like these pills and stuff and so he basically starts his own investigation because he works as a pharmacist and he's looking at all the prescriptions he's given and he's noticing like i'm giving out opioid prescriptions daily to to everybody like some of these some of these prescriptions and the dosages literally could kill some like if these are true you know like this should not even be subscribed prescribed to these people mm-hmm. um and so he went no it's a documentary it's not impossible white man syndrome uh possible white man syndrome would be he go into the lower wars and kill all the black people and uh nothing and happens nothing happens to him uh no this is impossible white woman syndrome where he can save everybody through the power of his love right but um i actually love this documentary um and one of the things i liked about it because then it breaks down like how people are getting opioids these pill mills mm-hmm. which i watched um what was that uh my show claws 
and honestly when they had the pill mill thing i I laughed at it because i thought oh this is so ridiculous that shit is real yes it is i thought it was a joke made up for the show no it's not you know because a lot of times we are actually excluded from it good bad or indifferent but we're excluded from it i mean racism basically prevented us prevented black people from being drug addicted to these opioids correct because white people's pain is has to be um legitimized it has to be legitimized and therefore the law has to make it legal whereas if these were black people um you know they would have yeah uh they would have been shutting shit down and this one of this the pill mill this guy particularly was obsessed with was one where the police literally worked their security so there will be lines of sometimes 100 people just standing outside people waiting 12 hours to get drugs and, and a real doctor police will be there r- the real police wow. like he couldn't he called the police on it and it's like what do you want them to do they know you know and he just had to be annoying essentially and kept moving shit up and up the chain and up the chain mm-hmm. and up the chain Until it got to and the he right was really the attention. reason that this particular woman even got busted like it was and then the woman was addicted to pills like it was so mm. so wild and then of course it goes all the way to big pharma and purdue and i remember we covered them on the show Ooh. and they had like a payout and i remember thinking to myself like well i mean if people are misusing the drug and if um they like they're not prescribing and they're not the doctor then what can they really how like how responsible can they really be for the opioid crisis but i love this documentary because it puts it together where they're like nah it was like um they were literally lying to the government they were lying they had doctors and scientists that were lying about the pills and how addictive they were they um they encouraged doctors to sell more pills they even called they had names for them like monsters and whales like this guy's a whale we need to encourage them get get more patients how much money and shit right and they literally Mm. got rich er off the backs of this crisis that killed you know hundreds of thousands of people in america um or maybe it's maybe it's tens of thousands but but a lot they Mm. killed a lot of people and they got rich off of it and they knew and there's documents showing that their company they knew not care. There, there's documents showing they knew it was addictive why they said it wasn't there's documents showing they encouraged the sales and the addiction like it it is so like and they should be in prison right and and, and for me it's also one of those things too where it's amazing how this is a a, a, a repeat of other big industries the same thing with alcohol they went through that the, you know they the went same through cigarettes. thing with tobacco yeah how tobacco people used to fucking smoke cigarettes because they told you cigarettes were fucking good for your health like they you know they did they lied about the addiction and, and all that bullshit and then when they when they got sued and had to pay now you have to get warnings and all that shit but it did not used to be like that and it's and to me that's why i remember the fine i don't remember if i said it then but i said now however much they say that they need to pay it need to be a bigger fine you know because a lot of times they're like million no put some bees behind that put put a few billion behind that make them suffer for it put people in jail you got goddamn documentation it's very frustrating Uh, you just start talking in the middle of sentence um yeah the thing for me is that um it it was they really made the case and i'm you know i talked about it a little bit on i just said i watched it on my facebook or whatever and i thought i was just amazed 
because i honestly didn't know much about this crisis in that type of detail right um and how much of it run amok you know you see things and you hear like you know donald trump bring it up or republicans bring it up because it's affecting white people and you know for black people it's kind of like that dave Chappelle bit where it's like it's easy not to care because you know it's like how they felt about crack mm-hmm mm-hmm and until now, it now, now you, people on drugs they're people now but when we when we was on drugs it was fuck them niggas yeah i mean and some of that was from us correct um but what it made me really think one i never want to be like white people in that way so mm-hmm. i'm not i'm not even here to try to like i know other black people will make the obvious joke of how how much they don't care and how much they how much how, how funny it is that we don't care about white people and shit mm-hmm. but man watching that documentary it was hard to not have feelings it's fucking them people's lives for how it's fucked up people's entire lives and how much and families they've been abused because of their pain and like right. a lot of these people have real pain like correct it's not that they're you know some of the people they're addicted because you know at some point it just the drugs the drugs addictive qualities and the high of it becomes like a thing and people try it but a lot of these people it's like you know you get hurt in a, at work you get hurt in an accident and there's some doctor who's either getting kickbacks or incentivized to sell to get you on the most addictive pills and these are like chemically engineered addictive pills and people are lying to the government they're lying to uh, all the regulatory industries and being like nah it's fine it's fine and so you know and you the the fda has approved it so you actually don't know that the thing you got for your back pain is literally about to be the thing that you can't live without and they, i mean they even had a scientist a doctor or whatever arguing the opposite of being like no addiction is not the uh like addiction is not that you you need the pills um all the time that's not that's not what addiction is and of course if you stop using the drugs you'll go through you know some pain and some withdrawal symptoms but that doesn't mean you're addicted to it what that's the definition of addiction said it on record said it right there in the camera and and it was absolutely okay like it it was like it's really fucking scary that that shit was just able to to happen and this guy was on the forefront of that his son died in like 2001 not from overdose but violence but like he was on top of this in 2001 and you know what it, what it took till 2018 2017 before people were like oh my god there's an opioid crisis yep like it's it's really yep, crazy because people started doing numbers and statistics all across the country it was like these like folks are showing up in here it's a problem like people you know because they have to run those numbers and then hey, another one another one another one another one another one and people are like the fuck is happening out here in in, in, in the middle of nowhere why is 20 percent of the population on this shit like something is wrong here yeah and i think just because it's happening to white people you know there's a lot of black people that you know out of pettiness and vengeance want to be like haha laugh at them but i don't know man i it was nothing funny about the shit when i watched it i I really felt sad for everybody involved um and 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 it really hit home with just how bad that problem is and something has to be done about it man like you can't just laugh it off because it's white people like no you can't this is people you know what i'm saying and And like that's the way i look at it yeah they're they're people they're they're human beings that they're people suffering you know um and the thing is when it comes to um quote-unquote equality equality is not being just like white people you know equality in this sense is is just having compassion you know you because guess what they didn't care but 
we do care and we should care because as human beings a lot of times black people will actually fight on white people's behalf on a lot of shit even though it's not reciprocated because we look at everybody as human beings and we don't look at it well that's your problem and your problem only because it, this shit trickles and, and it and touches and it affects everybody regardless of if you think it's in the middle of timbuktu nowhere it eventually will touch you sooner or later well in a as an individual i worry about losing my identity and my empathy Correct. within the bigger construct of all these different connections that we have to each other now mm-hmm. that we didn't used to have right and so that's one of the things and like they went all the way up the chain and showed that the government was basically subsidizing this industry like it goes all the way to the top and so it's one of those things where um i didn't realize that these people never had a chance Mm-mm. you know much like the crack epidemic happening to black people mm-hmm. that's a government thing right and when you see like that oh we didn't have a chance there's no judgment to be had there's no mocking to be had i'm not saying there's no humor ever anywhere you know what i'm saying but mm-hmm. in general it was just like oh this is completely fucked up on a scale that no human being can stop by themselves and so no but, um but- and even the powers that be that we want to stop it are, have a hand in it right because it's is it's the machine it's it's pushing the machine and it's money over everything money over the population money over your life and we don't care about you dying you know we don't care about destroying destroying families destroying loved ones people robbing and killing and stealing and shit to keep these addictions alive like actually they don't care anything about that but we should care because you know we read stories we we did we covered a story one time how uh they found out it was like a meth house in the middle of winter because that the the top of the roof uh the snow wouldn't melt do you think they neighbors knew that the fuck is this like you're doing shit and we can basically blow up and die over this like so it's one of those things where i I know for me i've had major surgeries and i've had surgeries and things like that and they give you these medications a lot of times i will take it if i need it a lot of times i will stop taking it and will hurt sometimes because i'm like no i would rather hurt and deal with it and just disregard the rest than to take it and become dependent and it also makes me kind of scared to take certain drugs you know but you're hurting enough you will take it but because i know the addictive properties of these things i don't know how addictive don't get me wrong i'm like i'm gonna take it if i need it but if i can deal with the pain sometimes i'll just deal with the pain yeah and then for me what's weird is that um because we're so stuck in our ways of like and this just happens with everything us versus them Mm -hmm. men versus women black versus white all this shit that we can't even have a moment of being like okay that this is you know this is serious and i do have empathy for you um and i think that's one of the things that that has limited you know how much we care about it it doesn't affect our community as much but i know there are black people that have the same caught up in this shit too it's not like they went only okay all black people get out now we're Mm -hmm. prescribing drugs like there's black people in those lines too it's just not it's just not a lot of them it didn't only happen to us but it's happening to them too it's like um so anyway it was just a sad documentary but i'm glad i watched it because i really didn't know how bad this shit was um someone had put a chat a question in the chat have you seen a good documentary on the crack epidemic and how it started um i mean 
it's it's always i mean i've seen several but it's always like a mix right it's always like you know the story of this drug dealer and through his story we find out about the the track epidemic and the cia put it like there was one on freeway ricky ross uh is it rick ross me me and you watched that yeah there's one on him um cocaine cowboys is another one i mean but you know it's tangential you know and it shows these things um there was one um what was it uh the bet did one was it did it come on bet i want to say it came on bet but it was about like the la riots and that once again it's like so many stories have to touch on the crack epidemic if you talk about blackness during a period of time you know um shit even that one about the dude that's like a serial killer of nothing but black women uh the grim reaper grim right. sleeper whatever mm-hmm. it's called even that has to talk it has to talk about the crack epidemic it it touched everything for black people yes it did in the 90s like it touched everything so it's impossible to talk about without talking about that um but yeah i don't know if i've seen one specifically like this on netflix but you know i don't know that any two documentaries are the same but Mm -hmm. i have watched documentaries that did talk about crack epidemic and stuff and snowfall is a not a documentary even though you know it's very good um is but it's not a documentary all right um let's see what else we can talk about guys um what did i want to get into let me see what time we're at on the show okay all right cool 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 we got plenty of time um all right i know what we want to get into LGBTQ news guys it's been a while since we did this my bad um let's see Marsha P Johnson is getting a state park in Brooklyn named after her a park in Brooklyn New York will be re- renamed in honor of trans women activist Marsha P Johnson Governor Andrew Cuomo announced on Saturday Johnson was a co-founder of what's considered the world's first trans organization star street transvestites action revolutionaries with Sylvia Rivera 
johnson became a prominent figure and icon for the lgbtq movement in the immediate aftermath of the stonewall riots star organized on behalf of the lgbtq youth and sex workers also creating the star house to provide housing community and other ways of support the park currently known as east river state side park i mean east river state park it is located in williamsburg neighborhood of brooklyn and it will be the first park in new york named after an lgbtq person wow first wow and new york is huge that's crazy new york city pledged last year to build a monument to both johnson and rivera but little details have been finalized since the announcement new york artist brian kenny painted a mural of the pair in dallas texas last year as well which has since been vandalized of course of course uh kumo's announcement came uh at the human rights campaigns greater new york gala new york state is a progressive capital of the nation and while we are winning the legal battle for justice for lgbtq community in many ways we are losing a broader war for equality he remarked while decrying the record level of discrimination and hate crimes that have occurred within the empire state uh within his 15 minute remarks kumos uh i mean within his 15 minute remarks kumo um called for repeal of new york state's ban on paying surrogate mothers in favor of uh, guideline measures that he believes will be a lgbtq uh friendly uh he also expressed plans to streamline adoption policies within the state my goal has been to make new york state the leading champion in the nation for lgbtq community to be the state that ended discrimination bias intolerance and judgmentalism against members of the lgbtq community uh so all right i mean it sounds like some good news mm-hmm. you know took them a long time but good that's good um uh, let's see uh lil nas x and fans respond to pastor Choi's homophobic grammy's remarks pastor troy mm. i guess he's more of a pastor than a troy uh pastor troy for some uh, reason uh, uh. decided to weigh in on this year's grammy ceremony with a hateful message in which he affirmed his own homophobia and theorized that his entire preferences are what prevent him from winning awards homophobic people always say that it's like being gay is like this huge fucking boost that and that that's why like gay people are not talented they're just they're just gay and that means everybody starts pretending they're talented because they're gay you know as opposed to everything else we've seen in life where uh where gay people are oppressed marginalized pushed off in the corners like it's crazy because you push somebody into a corner where they go and say cool we'll start our own culture because you won't let us in yours Mm -hmm. and then you get jealous of what they fucking created yep always happens and the and the the sad part is that pastor troy is a man who who literally in two different ways celebrates being a marginalized member of a community that created their own culture whether this is literally his religious background in the black church black church exists as black church because black church black people were not allowed to go to white churches correct and then rap rap literally exists because black people were not allowed to really to participate in white music and that type of shit like it was like mm, no uh these negroes have no voice they have no art they have nothing to say and this thing that's taken over the world and you still can't use your experience within both of those communities to have some empathy and to relate to this person that's so sad um but yeah he says um 
when sharing an impeccable photo of grammy winner lil nas x on wednesday troy said he won't be winning a grammy if this what i gotta wear from there he relayed an experience he had with his son at applebee's in which they always make it about the kids in, in addition to having to eat at applebee's they were subjected to two people enjoying mozzarella sticks well if mozzarella sticks are gay then just call me motherfucking lil nas x what the fuck what mozzarella sticks make the amount of the list of things that that homophobic straight men have that make you gay if mozzarella sticks make you gay well i'm second dick now right if mozzarella sticks make you gay i guess i'm rupaul okay like what how is this possible that everything make you gay they are delicious you know what the way they talk everything does make you gay all right listen i'm I'm not here for it okay if rosarella sticks make you gay what's up girl uh i'm sucking dick right now let me call you right back <laughs> okay that's me if mozzarella sticks make you gay come on because apparently i'm i'm i've been super gay i'm i'm mike pence out this motherfucker i had no idea i didn't know i've been i i learned something new by myself uh, is this the lifestyle everybody is is so uh disagreeable with because okay. i'm living it okay i live to eat the mozzarella sticks. i mean what happened i mean what happened when you get the side of marinara lord have mercy you can't right. handle me then jesus christ i cannot imagine pastor Choi not allowing himself to enjoy mozzarella sticks his entire life because he was worried that that it was too gay like who do you break this out in front of everybody like if you go out to eat with the fellas at the bar and it's like yo let me get some mozzarella sticks you like whoa i didn't know you was a homosexual it's like what i just want to get some mozzarella sticks man i I didn't know i mean only gay people eat those like first of all have you seen gay men they don't fuck with them carbs what are you talking about what they're trying to keep them bodies right okay <laughs> nah, that's a terrible stereotype but anyway get the fuck out of here is all i'm saying um yeah in a video on his instagram hours later he doubled down using a homophobic slur it worked he said it worked perfectly because now all these f words is on my page and they want to fight me look okay little Nas x was quick to respond to choice out of nowhere comments reminding the world just how unmatched his attire was that evening in los angeles x fans and general social commentators have also stepped in defending x from uh pastor choice um rhetoric um yeah he also had a great night very good night at the grammys complete with a diplo featuring performance and the release of his official rodeo remix featuring Nas now i was like i don't i don't have no problem with it mm-hmm. might go give me some mozzarella sticks later pastor troy uh but yeah man that's so wild because you could have said nothing nothing like i don't even know where that came from it's not like people was it's not like any of us are sitting around watching little Nas x and being like man i hope pastor troy got something to say about this right nobody <laughs> where is pastor troy nobody was saying that i mean people were saying where is pastor troy but we wasn't saying it expecting to find the nigga we was no. like whatever happened to him yes he removed like the post. Wondering where are they now yeah he removed he removed a post though um, off of his instagram why Lil Nas X tweeted damn I look good in that pic on God and this is a screenshot of <laughs> Pastor Troy oh man uh Pastor Troy's tweet uh it's a screenshot of Pastor Troy's status about him on Instagram mm-hmm. and he's like damn I look good on God 
yeah that's the other thing too though with um Lil Nas X I get people want to be protective of him because uh obviously he means so much to folks and people like him and so you want to kind of quote unquote protect the people that you like but um one of the things I like about Lil Nas X is that he said a long time ago he was like I used to be an internet troll and I'm not scared of these motherfuckers and I get that you know uh i feel like a lot of our conversations online have turned they center around like victimhood victimization uh you know who's good who's bad in these situations and sometimes they forget that motherfuckers also fight back they don't like it's not just a matter of like well he said this to me and now i'm gonna let it destroy me and i'm not saying he can never feel bad about it but like i like that about lizzo Mm-hmm. you know i like that about uh Lil Nas x it doesn't mean you have to pretend you're not hurt sometimes it doesn't mean you don't get to be human uh or vulnerable but i do like when people are like nah fuck that nigga and i got jokes because who the fuck is pastor troy to me at this point you know what i mean like what what effect can he have on my career from his instagram account at this point and he don't even eat delicious mozzarella sticks that's his that's really his own punishment right um sticks are delicious i'll tell you what is something we need to be seriously on the lookout for what's that there's a national firestorm on the horizon as states are considering criminalizing transgender treatments for youths so polarizing debate is happening around the nation as lawmakers in eight states have introduced bills in recent weeks seeking to restrict transition related treatment for transgender youth so basically they're trying to like some of these states are even trying to charge their parents with uh, child abuse what Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, proponents say the measures protect minors from medical changes they may regret as adults. While opponents say the bills prevent doctors from following health care guidelines approved by organizations such as the American Medical Association. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the doctors on this. Come on, uh. I do get how people feel and I also understand that you know that's kind of what parents are for and that's kind of an individual decision within your family i can see if you were saying these people were forcing their kids to transition or some shit like that correct if there was some evidence of like kids coming forward and being like my 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 father or mother or somebody just decided to change my gender in the middle of the night odds are that's not happening but that doesn't seem to be what the thing what the problem is Mm -mm. um and we don't really seem to have a lot of cases of all these people coming forward because you know these are actual people which means they actually exist so all of them who have gone through transition as kids who are alive if there was some deluge of these people out here being like yeah um i regret that i should not have done that i can't believe my parents allowed me to do that that was crazy we would hear it i'm sure that there's a couple and then i'm sure that they are using the how like let's say there's two percent of people that feel that way i'm sure that these groups have found all two percent of them and are putting a megaphone in front of their face and being like get out here and say be our dominant silk or whatever right Mm -hmm. so isn't it funny that we don't really hear this large percentage of people that regret this Mm -mm. you know it's kind of interesting because it's not you know just because our awareness of transgenderness is new doesn't mean that transgender people are new correct it doesn't mean these surgeries are new and it doesn't mean that um you know it's it's really just us so 
yeah the south dakota house passed its version of the bill last week which would impose a one-year jail sentence and maximum fine of two thousand dollars on doctors they always go after the doctors just like abortion who provide hormone replacement therapy puberty blockers and gender confirmation surgery to children younger than 16 years old chase strangio aclu deputy director for transgender justice said transgender rights advocates are geared up for a fight against hb 1057 and similar measures in colorado oklahoma missouri illinois kentucky west virginia south carolina and florida a lot of southern states Hmm. Mm -hmm. midwest and southern um there have been policy meetings among groups like the alliance defending freedom and the heritage foundation who have long had a mission of pursuing anti-lgbtq policies to push two types of bills this year yeah that's the other thing like just look at who's pushing the bills they're like they're hate groups like hate groups are pushing the bills you think it's not you think it's a coincidence yep it's crazy um one being the medical care bans and the other being bans on trans athletes participating in sports and we we already covered that like a few weeks ago we literally went down like tweet for tweet with the argument of like why the fuck the trans people shouldn't be able to participate in sports argument is pretty much debunked like it's like literally we have allowed trans athletes in uh college um and i believe in the olympics as well and cricket crickets you haven't heard anything like these supposed physical advantages and dominance that's supposed to be happening it's not happening and it's to the point where every anytime a trans individual wins anything it could be one race out of a whole season of races people go uh well should we allow trans athletes to compete it's like i sound like you jealous of them winning motherfucker it don't sound like correct it don't sound like you're actually using science or logic it sounds like you're upset that somebody won one race you didn't write in or get mad or make articles about the 10 other races that season they didn't win right we just want to talk about that one meet that they won then it's like oh no fuck that uh anyway um uh but yeah man it's and uh it's 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 a coordinated effort eight different states at the same time right right because like just like abortion this is shit they want to push up to the supreme court and make them make a decision right um and uh yeah i'm like i said man i'm and i'm not saying i'm a fucking scientist i don't have all the answers any of this shit but i do find the idea of these broad sweeping laws to be i don't know a bit presumptive i can see if it's up to like an individual their doctor their child like that seemed like the kind of decision that the people who care about you and your right. physicians should be talking about i'm right. sure there's already medical guidelines and guidance and shit that they have yeah we do's and don'ts on the, yes. on the books now i'm sure there's something anyway um yeah i, I and yeah it's just something about this seems real foul that it's happening at the same time it reminds me of all those abortion challenges from like a couple years ago mm-hmm. and it's like oh this is designed to get a republican majority in the supreme court and pass these restrictive draconian laws until they keep getting elevated to the supreme court well then they'll overturn roe v wade right this feels something like that um except uh trans people don't have a roe v wade ruling in their favor no they do not like there's no there's no thing to overturn this is just about oppression uh bet is celebrating black lgbtq people with hashtag 29 days of queer excellence Oh, somebody finally tugged their coat about that pole shit because they've been getting roasted 
for the uh, past two to three years they were like hey dog like this is like one of the number one black shows and this crickets when we have the bt awards yeah television network bt is celebrating black lgbtq people on their social media channels for black history month the digital oh i love that they did it in black history month the digital arm of the viacom cbs on channel is telling the story of several black people leading in their communities or industries through several original edit, editorial series black lgbtq people are prominently featured throughout the various projects each day throughout the month of Fe- february bt social network will highlight a different black lgbtq person and their work in their own words um yeah that's dope mm-hmm. um i wish it was i somehow can make it to tv you know oh wait black queer excellence campaign also serves as the first release from a new social franchise queer as fuck this will also include a three-part documentary series and other original programming bt announced in november okay then let's let's go you know what because look when they when when people fuck up or they exclude folks everybody be the first one hey fuck them tear they shit down i don't like them anyway apparently they've been criticized and it's been heard and they trying and you know what they i try. fucking appreciate like it they trying i appreciate it you know what i'm saying because literally they could have did nothing they could have just sat their ass on the status quo let people stay mad and just left it with that because it wasn't like people was gonna boycott the bet awards or some shit like that bet has been criticized before of for erasure and of disrespecting lgbtq people in this content um yeah yeah i mean psh, uh, more than once a bunch of times at the bt awards i remember um b scott sued the network for discrimination um like yeah so yeah that's dope and in addition to this daily show correspondent and comedian jabuki young white will be included as one of the members of bt's the future 40 list uh presented by walmart the future 40 names entertainers writers entrepreneurs and others of more the most inspiring and innovative vanguards who are redefining what it means to be unapologetically young gifted and black um yeah that's dope man well all right man well shit you know what i'm ending it on that yeah because let's get out of here get let's, into get, let's get out of here before it turns bad yeah well i'll be goddamn all right good news shit all right we don't see that much in this segment Mm-mm. um and from bt of all places mm-hmm. i was told they didn't care you know what that's what applicant told me too <laughs> so i'm glad that they finally got you know some people finally got up on them um oh on twitter today i stand with gail trends after gail king receives death threats for raising kobe bryant rape allegations in lisa leslie interview uh the hashtag i stand with gail has started trending yeah yeah you know what else though i saw this on on twitter i stand with gail was trending and guess what else is trending what i stand with snoop that sound about right (laughs) oh man anything that could become a gender war between black people is gonna fucking take off man it's it's honestly sad and predictable man um but yeah um people were trying to have her back um you know after the interview um and uh the backlash to the interview um and 
I, you know we talked about it on balls d sports um i played the whole thing in context mm-hmm. i won't play the whole thing here because literally it would just be too long it's like six minutes but mm-hmm. um you know my feeling is within that context of that interview i did not find it to be so outlandish i didn't even really find it to be distasteful or, or mean or whatever the fuck Me um i get that so why some people do but i feel like that's gail's job i think uh taking that clip out of context and just throwing it on the internet a couple of days after you did the interview yeah she felt bamboozled by the network because she didn't expect that yeah i get why she would feel that way but i i mean it worked right it's what, you know? it's what they wanted maybe as a content pro- provider uh a content producer i'm a bit jaded to all this shit but i mean to me i get why they put it out there that way oh yes yes yeah. yes 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 even if they didn't consult her or whatever because like it's just like it's like uh the r kelly moment in that interview where he jumps up and is flailing mm-hmm. around that's the moment you put out there when you promote the interview you don't put the moment where he's being calm and shit like who want to see that i want people to go watch the whole interview so let's put out the most salacious number now the problem with twitter and i find that this is just a problem of the platform and you know one of the reasons i I just like i've had to change how i deal with it look man um just because somebody fuck with your tweets don't mean they fuck with you and it don't mean they fuck with your content and so what happens on twitter is that something that's a 20 second clip that you or a minute clip that you took from this interview becomes its own thing it's lil nas x and kevin hart it's you know it's it's everything where you can kind of take the context out in the greater you know it's even uh kevin hart arguing with that nigga on that plane you know it's you know it's just you take that one minute you know it's take a joke from someone's stand-up set and that's where it's gonna live because people are gonna create the narrative around it people push their own insecurities into it and then it becomes about them it's about how do i turn this thing that happened into me um and so i think that's what cbs basically threw the alley-oop to twitter with and that's what and that's why you had the fallout that you had um and i think there's room to criticize gail king if you really feel strongly like that that this uh question shouldn't be asked of lisa leslie or the question shouldn't be asked at all as some people were saying or yeah whatever and like i said i said it on ball of these sports and i will say it here uh my personal opinion is you only feel this way because it's kobe and you love kobe and as far as you're concerned when it comes to kobe we're only going to talk about the good shit we're not going to talk about the bad shit even though we're talking about that we have to talk about the totality of his life when he died and i think the thing is everybody knows everybody has fucked up and people go when i die i don't want people to bring up bad shit about me well you know what they're gonna be most people that are gonna praise you and they're gonna you know there's gonna be some people that go when you die fuck you too you know but that's just the reality of it some people just don't like when they because death makes people think about their own mortality they don't want to bring up no bad shit only when it comes to people they like like i said on the show when it comes to r kelly y'all majority of the people gonna say i hope he dies and burn in hell you know what gail king did the same interview so what are we talking about here yeah um and then people turn into a race thing of right gail king would only ask these questions of of black about black men and and um she would never do this with white people you know they love that chestnut yeah and, and um 
and they, they've been showing pictures of her like and she went to an event and harvey weinstein was there and they took a picture it's like look at this she's friends with him someone sent me that picture and i sent them back a picture of Tr- uh, trump and snoop fist pounding i was like if we just you take a picture with somebody now you ascribe to all their values you knew all their crimes and you were cool with it that's so stupid like it's such a you know like snoop dogg fucking is a pimp that talked about murder and 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 violence and shit why are we even like are we really trying to do the if you're connected with a person because it's i got a feeling we go through snoop's rolodex of people he's connected with it's gonna be a lot worse than motherfucking kobe bryant or of harvey weinstein like well i don't know harvey weinstein's pretty terrible but it's gonna be people that he's in pictures with that he don't know them motherfuckers like that you know so it's such a ridiculous thing you know but and of course he went to free bill cosby and all this shit like it it just got so out of control and i think once you could make it about standing with one person or the other you got and and by the way not exclusively obviously but you got a lot of black men who are being like protective of kobe via snoop Mm -hmm. um which i just don't understand um because if your whole thing was a week ago you were posting girl dad pictures and if you watch the whole interview the first four or five minutes is about kobe's legacy in pushing the women's game and respect for women and stuff like this why would you disrespect a woman as part of his legacy how does that prove that's what kobe would want you know what i mean how how are you doing him the disservice of you know this man calling somebody out of their name calling a black woman out of her name you know um it's so it's all the men are black all the blacks are men all the all the women are white right all the whites are women right i mean wait all the all the women are white all the blacks are men right right because that the reality a lot of times when you hear particularly men talk about this they exclude women and they they talk in totality like we feel like this like as a fucking collective you do know there are black women that's like he's a goddamn rapist there are black women out here just like some of these white women that go that nigga raped her so regardless of how you personally feel about it and if you think he did it or not as far as they're concerned he did that shit but even i think that's where everything's getting getting the mixed signals on whether you think he did it or not let's say everyone agreed he did it right let's not like no i'm saying this uh, no no no, to no me and you in this but, room yeah yeah yeah, let's, yeah let's, and i'm going along with you when i said right yeah, yeah let's say everybody agreed he did it right let's just say that some people feel he paid for that or he redeemed himself or his actions later showed that he wasn't you know is a one-time thing whatever right let's say everyone did agree well even with that the idea that it would never come back up yeah it's it's an insane notion and 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 even if we all could agree right like even if it wasn't about debating the merits of the case it's like it was a huge fucking moment in his life and a big part of his legacy and it's not like this idea that it's just you know in poor taste and no one should ever talk about this again is insane because i know these niggas don't believe that no when it's john mccain when it you know when it's gonna be rush limbaugh when it's gonna be breitbart when it's some motherfucker that we don't fucking like it could literally be one minuscule thing any 
when these motherfuckers won oscars last night you could go down some people's timeline and it's just a fucking rolodex of every time that celebrity farted in the public that they just fucking well what about this thing he did y'all didn't say nothing about that like this is what people fucking do it's the impulse eye question but at the same time at least gail king is doing it under the auspices of a fucking job you know and she has a brand why does cbs promote this clip because they paid her a lot of fucking money yes, they and did. they want to get the money's worth out of it and they're essentially saying to themselves hey this is what gail king does this is what we hire her to do this is the clip from this interview that's going to get us the most clicks to get us the most uh you know uh return on our investment that's what it is we don't have to sign up to be suckers and fight over it correct and you know and i wish a lot of people would be just truthful with themselves and be like i am sensitive about kobe bryant nobody else and you know just just i'm sensitive about this dude because i like him and it's not that it's nobody else it's him in particularly because it's one of the things where people just go don't bring it up i'm like you it does not make any sense not to bring it up when you talk about the totality of his life well also it's in an interview and it's what gail king does and if you watch the fucking interview the first four or five minutes are literally about his impact on women's sports it would be irresponsible it would be egregiously irresponsible for gail king to not ask that fucking question right it would honestly be something to me that that tantamount to just journal journalism uh uh fucking um what do you call it um i don't know ineffectiveness you know what i mean it would just it would just mean that she literally it's like almost disqualifying you know what i mean to be the journalist who who to if she would have done a puff piece on this nigga for six minutes and it never comes up that's honestly worse than what we saw you know and i understand people going i don't yeah malpractice that's a good one I, and i understand people that go well why is she asking elisa leslie well the reason she asked it to lisa leslie is that one lisa leslie played in the WNBA. lisa leslie is now an analyst and a professional uh in that space um lisa leslie was also this man's friend and being his friend doesn't trump the fact that she went on national tv to be interviewed about it you know and it wasn't the only question and i don't feel like she grilled her or tried to make the whole interview about that um she asked her a follow-up question and look she's tough but fair lisa answered it with a plum and i feel like that to me that could have been the end of it but this idea that we have to like fucking win it is ridiculous you know and 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 she even said as a woman so people go well she wouldn't have asked this a shack she wouldn't have asked this a so right she wouldn't have said as a woman she literally asked her this as a woman because this is a, something that i've seen many of my friends grapple with over the last couple of weeks as an assault survivor and also a person that from a distance felt love for this man i've seen it uh over and over dozens of times not they're not celebrity journalists they didn't know him in real life like lisa leslie but they had to grapple with the shit as well so is the point for this to not be asked is the whole point for the we got to sweep it under the rug because it's inconvenient because it made you feel away death is making you feel away right right and that's what people are responding to that's what it is because uh, you know when else they brought this up when he won that fucking oscar mm-hmm you know what else they want when he won his championship mm-hmm. when he hit his last shot and he won, he won 60 he had 60 points in his last game as an nba player it's always been brought up death won't save you you know and 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 to try to hide behind his loved ones or try to hide behind that friendship shit i mean sure that's cute but if you don't 
i'll put it this way and i don't mean this to be cold in no type of way but it's the truth if you are saying i'm his friend and it's gonna hurt too much to be questioned about it you don't do the interview that's the that's really as that's really as truthful as it can get then you just go i don't want to do it lisa leslie didn't seem to have a problem with it you know and people have been asking lisa leslie to come to her defense and shit. i think that's a bit too far i think all this shit is a bit too far right think it was just an interview you could feel the fucking way about it just an interview but that was the end of it you know she does something publicly in front of a lot of people and people gonna feel the way about it she gets paid because people feel the way about what she does you know and it's not gonna always hit it out the park people aren't was gonna do whatever but what i find interesting here is how quickly people abandon the queen gail king who fucking asked uh r kelly to his face blah 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 the hero with like i how quickly they went fuck your fuck everything your journalistic integrity there was no questions that she asked him that was too tough there was no questions that she asked him that 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 you didn't feel like was off the table right right so it's like like i said man i i think it's funny to see someone like like people literally try to lionize snoop in this and i stand with snoop and all this shit when he literally threatened that woman call her out of her fucking name and his apology just only went well we i don't basically want nothing to happen to her but he didn't take back what he said when he disrespected her you know and, and like i said i'm not even trying i'm not even trying to make it a gender thing Mm-mm. i've seen women on the side of snoop dogg and fuck gail king and all this shit it's it's honestly insane people have lost their fucking minds over this shit maybe grief does strange things to people mm-hmm. but y'all didn't know kobe bryant that's a celebrity none of us know him know him you know if lisa leslie knows him could do that interview went out there to say what she wanted to say and left it like that i really don't see what the fucking problem is after that you know if lisa leslie was someone saying i had a problem with it i felt ambushed and maybe we could revisit this and be like you know maybe it was fucked up you know maybe gail's not that professional or what you know maybe maybe she uses some ambush tactics that 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 are unsavory or something you know like i could get with that i'm not i'm not trying to be an absolutist on this shit i can see people feeling a way about this whole enterprise or whatever but i don't know i'm so glad i went and sat down and watched the whole fucking interview and just abstained from talking to niggas online about it because they as with everything it went way too far yes you know oprah went on tv and was talking about how you know uh gail was basically had to get security and shit um and uh and and then she also said this um janelle burrell said on twitter as journalists we often have to ask tough and uncomfortable questions it's within your right to disagree what's not okay is to threaten anyone with vile hate-filled language and death threats i stand with gail um uh there was somebody else eric alexander said to be clear i stand with gail eric alexander everybody's fave until today huh it's not all right to threaten gail king or anybody because you don't agree with them the comments and video being played are not okay but it's not too late to make a different choice so make a different choice um and that's the other thing too there's people that quote unquote stand with gail because they don't want to see her get killed right they want to see i have to live in fear <laughs> there's people that stand with her and still went I, I think she shouldn't have asked those questions you know but y'all went too far 
but y'all crazy right now right i stand with gail did like i swear I, me and karen talk off the mic sometimes and there's times where i'm like yeah i saw this thing today i just i'm not gonna talk about it maybe we'll talk about it on the show and i literally because i'll be saying like this is where this is gonna go mm-hmm. you can predict it i told you yeah and this is one of those things we can predict we can I'll talk this, to each other and yeah. we can almost predict what's gonna happen and how people are going to respond to things sadly is that predictable i really sat mm-hmm. there and was like you know what this is gonna go to a place where all the people that think they have like some nuanced opinion of like this is take this taste for why she asked a woman i said pretty soon they're gonna stop find themselves surrounded by a bunch of dudes who fucking hate women who go yeah you with us sis that's what i'm saying fuck this doghead bitch you know and some of them are gonna allow it because they're like ooh, we pettiness combined we both on the same team today and then some of them will today. be like oh man let me back off of this and try to like parse it out and find nuance online which you almost can never find and i'm just like i prefer not to talk about it with anyone yep. not these motherfuckers they crazy um but yeah man um <laughs> uh susan rice said this is despicable gail king is one of the most principled fair and tough journalists alive snoop back the fuck off you come for gail you come against an army you will lose and it won't be pretty damn susan rice guys ambassador susan rice <laughs> oh man so yeah he he came snoop came back later and said uh tried to tried to say he was just saying she was out of pocket but i don't know if martha stewart hit him up or what but that was so so ridiculous um yeah martha stewart was like look my man i've been to jail right she's like okay i know what it's like on the inside you don't right um so yeah man i i just really think um i really think people fuck this all the way up and this is why i just don't like participating in this shit online man this is nothing can just be fucking like oh okay you know i didn't like it now we gotta couch everything in some type of fucking cause yep and by the end of it it's got we got a free bill cosby because motherfuckers don't know how to just to take an inch yeah because at the end of the day once you realize the social part of social media is being social and interacting with each other this is the shit that you have because if you people actually thought like that a lot of interactions would stop erica badu is working on a new perfume that smells like her vagina a word hell no don't want it nope i bet you that shit is you 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 talking about the 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 meth epidemic i bet you that shit is fucking uh addictive and then have you just in all types of ways mm-mm. i don't want mm-mm. that nope. shit will change your life take one sniff of this shit you be shopping at the thrift store for all your clothes come on you take a sniff you take a sniff of that you be like woo! all of a sudden i feel like wearing plaid whole house feel like nag shepherd incense and shit i'm good on this dog you keep that to yourself i'm sorry like don't nobody want to to start the crack epidemic part two (laughs) all right oh my god i can't believe she would do that uh yeah there's an urban legend that my pussy changes men she said the men that i (laughs) fall in love with and fall in love with me change jobs and lives right we don't need this (laughs) on the street (laughs) you're gonna have people but you know what i'm gonna quit my job and i'm gonna go to spoken word motherfucking you gonna spread this shit around me ain't gonna be coming home dressed in motherfucking football pads and, and koofies right ah! 
wearing a wearing a wearing a leather vest football pads come on in the middle of summer they don't give a damn and a cowboy hat and then they uh, they wives and shit what, what what's happening to you what's wrong with you right, they're gonna have plaid and stripe all together the yeah. fuck you got on oh baby i forgot to tell you i i work at whole foods now in the uh, flower department i i quit my job as a um telecommunications expert today and my, i don't know why i just lit up that erica badu oh also uh i threw all the meat out of the fridge we don't eat that no more all of it this is a vegetable only house now and she be like i just went to the grocery store nigga people can't have this kind of change <laughs> all fast and really everybody fucked up does the surgeon general know about this <laughs> oh you gonna have a bunch of kids with name seven this shit need to come with some type of warning <laughs> can't just spring this shit on somebody you gotta at least put a sign on the door like hey don't come in here smell like erica badu pussy oh yeah. i'm good i'm good mm-mm. bro be like mm-mm. i'm going seven for the whole i just want the whole thing i'm good mm-mm. seven for completion she explained the process for making the fragrance which included burning some of her underwear it's a oh man oh man i know the second hair smoke had people standing outside the door crawling like crawling <laughs> like cats <laughs> i took lots of pairs of my panties cut them up into little pieces and burned them even the ashes part of it Mm-mm, nope nope don't send this one to me that's that's that shit is pure crack cocaine Mm-mm. I, I just got off trivia crack i'm good ah! you ain't trying to pick a pick up a new habit she also revealed that she no longer wears underwear so she didn't care about offering them up the people deserve it she said the new scent will be available from her badu world market store on february 20th during the interview she's she gonna fucking sit out yep and she gonna sit like hotcakes and then fried chicken yep Mm-mm-mm. wow during the interview she also talked about her controversial comments made in 2018 about bill cosby and adolf hitler uh where she painted both figures in a positive light she said people formed the offendocracy offendocracy wait democracy offendocracy offendocracy people are entitled to their opinions but i think that group lynchings are ridiculous she said um you know yeah y'all better check around you know we live in these apartments you start sniffing the air and you'd be like okay we baby we're gonna have to move we're gonna have to move we got problems i you know i i, I smell it yeah, that's the thing she said all that shit still keep a man okay like don't know i'm good i don't need no woman that can say some shit like well you know hitler did some good things and i'm still like baby i love you so much <laughs> like that's no that's too much power that's thanos <laughs> power. i don't need any of this cut it out <laughs> yes that's a powerful woman um all right uh <laughs> let's get into uh some other things guys let's do a little bit of uh actually let's do some guest rights guys it's time to start wrapping this thing up. Um, it's like guest the race music. Now that it's time for some guest the race. That's right, it's guest the race time. Now that it's time for some guest the race. That's right, it's guest the race time. That's right, it's time for guest the race. The number one game show going across all the podcast land. We read and play news articles from all over the globe and we ask our contestants today the chat room and karen to guess the race and of course everyone playing is a racist all right um 
a woman stabbed a man on the cta platform because his music was giving her a headache shit a 38 year old woman was charged with stabbing a street musician on the cta red lines jackson platform i'm assuming this is in new york i don't know chicago oh chicago barbara johnson of blue island illinois was charged with aggravated battery with a deadly weapon aggravated battery in a public face a place and uh, public face too and criminal damage to property according to police johnson stabbed 26 year old mike malinowski while he was performing on the platform she told you give me a splitting headache i'm gonna split you with this knife i'm gonna split your headache come on uh he told she told authorities his music was giving her a headache she also smashed his guitar and threw his remaining musical equipment upon the track johnson also has more than 40 arrests on her record malinowski is recovering karen guess the race of barbara johnson 38 barbara is white and i think the dude she attacked was probably white too so both two white people uh my assumption yes okay all right let's check the chat room see what they believe uh barbara's race is um uh i said i don't like the jungle bunny music white hello barbara (laughs) this shirley black black blue island black guns um what does that mean is black guns a black thing what is this what does that mean mike i feel like that's just an extra level of racism i'm supposed to understand <laughs> i don't get black guns is that a okay is that the, is if that's the case the kardashians black barb the vigilante the whites um i'm feeling he's uh she's a white bypass the manager white i stand with karen white barbara's fed up with the shit black shy town so ratchet is black 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 bar the vigilante blue island is black for real okay so that's black through the guitar and not him white barbara is the name of a black grandma who keeps a blade on her <laughs> the correct answer is karen went with white and she is dead wrong she was black Barbara Johnson is a black woman, okay? And she is tired of these motherfucking white people in their guitar. Tired of y'all shit. Playing loud ass music, giving me a headache the, on the goddamn train. The, 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 the echoes through, through that tiny place. Mm-hmm. Did a picture show up? It's working. Oh, okay. Yeah, it also looks like she may have gotten hit and then hit in the face, uh, or something. Cause her eyes kind of swole. Ooh and red so maybe it was a fight after she stabbed him because it don't sound like she killed him. uh all right let's go to the next one um a college kid has been busted for intentionally peeing on two women from a balcony what yes a college kid a michigan state university student michigan okay was busted uh last saturday for intentionally peeing on two women from the balcony of a florida nightclub oh florida jack estes de bra the bra bander uh 20 was charged with two counts of battery for allegedly showering two women golden showering two women sitting on, on a bench outside of a nightclub with his urine did he ask him on date and they said no so just said well i pee on you <laughs> the victim was struck in the face mouth head hands arms with the urine and she looked up to see what was hitting her the alleged pee the alleged p brain college student was uncooperative with the cops um the brander was released the same day on a thousand dollars cash bond five hundred dollars for each charge 
can i guess the race of jack estes de brabender de brabender i'm gonna go white karen's going white let's check the chat room see what they believe um i wonder where how he got that money he must have a pretty good revenue stream like that mm-hmm they he voted for trump you know he did part of trump's trickle down economics <laughs> all right let's check the chat room um <laughs> pulled out his cock white that's some white shit he just tried to make their back sweat like his own hispanic oh. sigma shy ass type white 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 frat boy fuckery latinx cock shit indian fuckery old ass bart simpson want to be white oh he's white he drank the water from his back mexican the correct answer is and karen got it right white (laughs) many of you found a way to miss that easy one that layup can't think of an easier layup than that man i mean peeing on people from a balcony they call him a college kid in the title of the article it's just a kid it's just it's 20 years old peeing on people right you know those dentist the menace like antics that kids get up to it's fucking pee it's fucking he's pissing all of us Like, he just wanted to mock his territory. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Like, what the hell? I know in the, I'm glad the police caught him, you know? They, they at least brought him to justice because I know that had to be a hard sell in the police department, you know? Probably just one officer that's really on this case. I wonder what he's gonna do today. What he's gonna do tomorrow? This guy, this guy's just pissing. He's pissing all over us. He's pissing on you. What? What does it taste like? What does it taste like? Because you know what? It tastes like piss to me. Oh man! Let's go to the bonus round, guys. Double the points and the race. Double the points and the race. That's right. Double the points, double the race, and a bonus round against the race. So far, Karen is one and one. Can she make it up in the bonus round? I'm going to try. All right. Let's go ahead and get in there. Um, Keeping it in the same stream of thought a new jersey it's <laughs> a lot of pee related stuff happening right now guys a new jersey gangbanger gets life in prison for killing a man who was urinating in the street oh yeah i guess he was pissing him off <laughs> mm 
uh new jersey gangbangers in jail for life for executing a man who was just just for urinating in the street shooting him in the heart while he begged for mercy shit bloods member christopher pool 26 murdered photographer rashid oj oladobe 27 after catching him relieving himself behind a car in newark in april 2018 surveillance video shows oladobe praying to be spared but pool executed him anyway damn that's cold-blooded yeah um he the only mistake that appears the victim made was going to relieve himself in front of the wrong person uh was he eating mozzarella sticks too what the fuck right prosecutor jason goldberg told (laughs) i'm sorry i just had the funniest fucking thought it has nothing to do with this article but what if we're all like pastor choice is wrong for this bullshit talking about his son should be disgusted blah blah this motherfucker but what if we like was at the restaurant and we did see the people eating mozzarella sticks but they was doing it like real perverted like they was eating them like deep throating the mozzarella sticks and shooting like the the sauce all over their face like what if it was like <laughs> throwing mozzarella at each other like what if it was mad pornographic mozzarella stick eating <laughs> what they bit it and they they both pulled it apart you can see the cheese yeah. <laughs> ooze between them like people was like tongue kissing yes! through mozzarella sticks and like making Licking out wild cheese. just wild hard in the booth and shit is we, we was all judging <laughs> pastor troy but then like if we would have been there we would have been like okay that is a little bit much pastor troy <laughs> deep dope the cheese like i don't i don't really think it has nothing to do with little nas x but i do <laughs> see what you're saying that's a lot of that's a like they barely even getting any mozzarella sticks and they the, the shit they doing is i i don't think that's eating i don't think it's gonna be mozzarella all over your nipples like that like why <laughs> why would you have to put the sticks on your nipples to eat them pastor troy i see what you're saying is that might it's be a, a little, little too much yeah I, I understand oh uh, anyway um uh so then um this and it's that simple simple act something that every single person does every single day was enough in the eyes of mr pool to execute a man um shoot him in the heart as he prayed and tried to talk his way out of it pool who has a tattoo on his throat of a hand giving the middle finger Oh, okay. definitely on brand 100 uh, percent on brand has a lengthy rap sheet starting from when he was just 15 the site says well listen guys as a prison abolitionist i just don't see why this man should have to even go to jail what i mean come on guys i'm all about second chances here okay or in this case 17th chances uh superior court judge ronald wiggler noted the utter lack of remorse for the execution in front of two of the victim's friends oh <gasps> Uh, this is certainly one of the most if not the most senseless murder cases i have ever presided over and been involved with said wiggler who uh has served as superior court judge for a decade Poole was sentenced to life in prison for the first degree murder the site said he was also given 10 years for one weapons offense that will run concurrently uh he must serve at least 63 years before he's eligible for parole under the state's no early release act jesus they have no early release act damn that that what look who you uh put in office because i guarantee you somebody put put that bill up chris christie possibly i don't know um one of pool's two sisters cried and fled to court when he was sentenced i know it's hard i know that isn't the person he wanted to become she told nj.com oladobe was originally from nigeria his parents could not afford to make it to new jersey for the sentencing wow um all right karen guess the race of christopher pool exit uh essex black all right uh karen's going with black let's check the chat room and see what they believe unfortunately it sounds like a black on black crime 
niggas gonna nig black wiggler made sure that niggler went to jail black that was gang initiation black african booty scratcher trump deporting his ass black a black blood he saw that that big black penis and was afraid for his life white says shay white crips all right black nigger shit a nigger moment black i ain't seen white crips is banging in little rock uh the correct answer is um that was a black man who did the murder so And somehow, miraculously, someone found a way to get that wrong. Shout out to being open-minded. Oh, he... uh, Wow. It's in the middle of his neck. Oh, wow. Yeah, he got a tattoo over his eye, too, for something. I don't know, man. Like... Wow, I didn't see that coming. That's crazy, man. Your life can end just running into the wrong motherfuckers. That's so random and so cold and deadly man just like you gotta die for this shit killing over a fucking street you don't own for show you know just sad really um but you know me as a prison abolitionist i don't think you should spend a day in jail okay guys we need to abolish all of it and Mm. just talk things out you know nah nah have a nice like town meeting with him no i'm not a prison abolitionist okay then I, i'm definitely i'm not a prison i'm not a prison abolitionist either now okay so first of all don't throw me in that category <laughs> my bad but i'm saying the 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 no uh you can't get out early no no early release no early release does that's some bullshit now i'm against that yeah that's the kind of thing that i think i think you can get normal people on board with right now i'm, I'm to, with you on that bullshit no yeah you basically sentenced him to die in jail but you think he should go to jail though yes wow okay kamala cop mala over here just sending all the black people to jail <laughs> elizabeth warren would let him out speaking of people that should go to jail it's so ratchet this time right A man who bit a police officer walks free from court again after a sword was found in a van. Again? Now see, why can't we lock this nigga up for some mandatory time? Did you say again? Again. A man caught with a sword in his van walked free from court due to family responsibilities. Oh my God, he must be white. <laughs> yes! Oh man, I would go to jail. I just, psh, I got, I got some family responsibilities to take care of, man. I can't even. I don't, I don't know what I, to tell you. I can't no, even baby. go to prison for this, homie. No, I'm sorry. I need to go change my baby diapers. Oh man, I would, but I gotta pick my kid up from soccer practice. So like, psh, can we like put a rain check on this prison thing? Ryan O'Toole, the from Salford, had previously avoided jail after biting a police officer in January last year. What? They let him bite an officer? It's good to be white apparently it is he had he was handed a 10 months to prison sentence suspended for 18 months plus 150 hours of unpaid work for sinking his teeth into the officer's eyebrow and finger o'toole breached the order when the 12 inch blade was found behind his driver's seat 
liverpool crown court also heard he only completed 35 and a half hours of unpaid work at a previous hearing the court told was told o2 was spotted in his white pugo van uh pugot i don't know on nosley road in bottle uh, at around 7:30 p.m august 12th there was a short police chase and he was detained officers found a cannabis count cannabis in the vehicle and a sword with a 12 inch blade behind the driver's seat the 29 year old told police officers he found it in a house he was clearing out and decided to keep it Mm-mm. uh he's been convicted of can- possessing cannabis and possessing a blade in public he admitted to breaching his suspended sentence by failing to comply with his requirements and committing new offenses last month judge arby said the main reason the main reason he previously spared o'toole was mitigation and respect of your children oh that must be nice yes sir you know only white people got kids apparently so he said he didn't matter they said well there you go Mm, message i see you over there karen dropping them truth bombs (laughs) uh he said he needed to know more about him but warned at the moment you have to expect to receive a custodial sentence however after receiving a new report the judge accepted that o'toole was remorseful and regretful jeremy rawson defending said o'toole cared for his ex-partner who was ill and their child he argued that sending the client to prison would result in significant harmful impact upon others o'toole was previously had previous convictions for battery robbery attempted robbery and racially aggravated threatening behavior oh wow but you know what let's not send him to jail his children may not be raised by a racist we can't have that judge Aubrey sentenced him to six months in prison suspended for two years and his said his unpaid work will continue um he said it was the last chance well i guess he violated his last chance yeah all right y'all that's it for today's episode thank you for listening we appreciate y'all but before we get out of here we got a final word from karen we do um the thing is uh and i wanted to say this shout out to the person that left us a one-star review because you left us a one-star review we turned around and got written up in the ab club so shout out oh, to you yeah oh thank you i forgot about this i did put it in my things to talk about mm-hmm. and i actually forgot to say it yeah if you guys know the av club does this thing about podcasts all the time um it's called pod mass and like sometimes they do like a weekly recap or roundup of podcasts and you know um and uh we we got this one no one sent it to us or anything i think um you know someone emailed us like saw you were mentioned on this uh can you advertise my podcast i was like what the fuck are they talking about so i went and looked it up um first of all shout out to my man craig d Lindsay. Mm-hmm. um he's always like really rep for us um i believe he wrote our piece that was in uh ebony and stuff mm-hmm. so like you know once again man i'm telling you listeners if you're listening to our show and you happen to be in a situation where maybe you work for somebody you write for somebody something and you feel like maybe you can find an angle to help us out promote the show hey a lot of times word of mouth is how we get through you know correct and there's some people who try and maybe like you know their boss or somebody said nah you can't do this we still appreciate you for trying because you know some some people can't even do that but he highlighted our episode from last week called trying to help mm-hmm. um he wrote his own synopsis of it rod and karen are north carolina-based podcasters and beloved 
husband and wife team returned to their daily the black Outers podcast last week after taking a week off and they immediately hit the ground running the welcome back else first hour alone in which the morals discuss how the urge to cancel and shame celebrities on social media has turned most of us into narcissistic hypocritical dipshits is so riveting it should be taught in schools with over 2,000 episodes and counting it's clear this couple has found a formula that works for them that's not always an easy thing to do for example dallas cowboys defensive lineman michael bennett and his wife philanthropist pele ben um or is it pill bennett i don't know uh recently debuted their own podcast mouthpiece and while they spend most of the episode reminiscing about their early courtship and how they've evolved as spouses and parents they're still a bit stiff and awkward on the mic perhaps they should listen to the blackout tips and get tips from these podcasting ogs first of all thank you i haven't listened to their podcast no shade to them okay i'm not Mm -hmm. maybe it's great i don't know uh and everybody when they first start out is a bit stiff and joseph we were too yeah yeah our first episode is terrible okay so they probably 20 minutes i guarantee michael whatever michael bennett and whatever the bennett's have done i guarantee you if you you bounce it off of if you bounce it off of what we did when we first started i guarantee you they doing better than us okay Mm -hmm. um but we just appreciate the kind words and whatnot man and um um you know like i said craig has always been like one to shout us out and put us on wherever he like gets a chance to like write stuff so mm-hmm. thank you very much and uh yeah man we finally made it on the fucking the av club like yeah because i've heard about never been mentioned before. no so go go have to update the site yeah <laughs> so there you go uh all right y'all we appreciate you and we uh you know we uh we look forward to doing this again tomorrow we do um until then i love you i love you too Mwah. Mwah.